Welcome to the Block Podcast. Man, it's, it's your boy, <laughs> Kenneth Cortez, and we're back. Man, Bobby Dose, and we've been on vacation. Man. Not really. Co-vacation. Right, right, co-vacation. <laughs> co-vacation. Man. <laughs> Whatever you want to find. We've been dealing with a lot of things, man. A lot of things. I think we're all on vacation on the budget right now. Yeah. Halfway. Yeah. Yeah, I'm with it. You know, I'm just glad to be back. Dealing with a lot of death, a lot of uncertainty, a lot of other things that have really morphed my my perspective in this COVID era. Um, and, you know, we have a, a guest that's been dealing with a lot of similar issues and things as well today. Not to make it too deep because we're going to have some fun, but we connect there. Throwing um, that seed in there, huh? Deeply. Hey, have to. I'm already deeply rooted. I love to see other people that are deeply rooted and incorporated. (laughs) You know, Uh, (laughs) a little cheap foreshadowing for everyone. We have Kaya Taylor with us today. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No problem. No problem. So, Kaya, it's been a little minute since we done ran into each other, bumped shoulders, rubbed elbows. I hope you know, y'all not doing that right now. I'm oh, sorry, yeah, I had to cut you in. Know, hey, you know how it be, though. You know how it be. It's Mask like, up. It's, it's like seeing you every, every every time I see you. You know, it's like we saw each other yesterday. You know, how have things been going for you, for your family, everything? Everything's been going good. Um, rolling into virtual with my students at school and my caseload. Um, of course, sports just ended. Um, and so my AAU season got two games in before they shut us down. Mm. Um, and so getting back to the happy place of what's next, um, it's hard with students being online and virtual check-ins via Zoom. Um, now it's going to be basketball training via Zoom. Um, and so, yeah. Basketball training via Zoom. Right, I, right. I'm sorry. I just had to, as first thing I saw, as in, being in two different places, so definitely not, you know, almost instructional only. Yes. Not even hands-on. Right. Ooh. That's tough. How are you going to manage that? We're going to put together um, a flip grid of the girls doing trainings, um, different drills that I give them, and then I'll put it together, and then we'll send it out on Friday so they can still see each other as a team, but it's more of like checking in, make sure they're staying active and fit. Okay. Sounds good. Sounds like you already got that planned right. out, and... Got it together. There's a lot more that we could say about uh, GRPS early on when the COVID first hit. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe get some pre-recorded workouts right. or something. Yeah, and, and be able to go. give them, you know, a little package or something. Mm-hmm. Here go, you know, Thursday's workouts, right. Friday's workouts. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It sounds like a lot of planning teams could use someone like you, uh, and yeah. that's that's good though. You know, we've been in this COVID situation for a while now, so people are adapting. People are starting to like really get the feet under them. When things happen, oh, I can pivot now because I know how to do this. The first one blindsided me. The second one won't. Right. It's amazing that you're able to do that in such a a tight space as far as, like, the world closing down. You sitting in your house or out in the gym or whatever. Can you even go to gyms? Yes. Okay. So explain explain that process. Like, where are these videos going to be going on? So... I'm allowed to be in the gym um, by myself, masked up, um, mm-hmm. or I can be outside recording. Um, it's just hard. Or I can, I still can run one-on-one trainings. Um, it just can't be group, a big group effort anymore. Okay. Um, 
And so we decided just to go all virtual because it's going to be hard trying to filter in thousands of kids um, with one-on-ones. You said thousands of kids. Yeah. Sorry, Bobby. I see you waiting. I, but yeah. thousands I, of kids. I was about to dive like, in because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a mathematician when it comes to the sports and athletes. Like, right. not everybody... It's so tough because it's young kids and it's a youth and it's a community. Yeah. But at the end of the day, now you're really going to figure out, do you really want to do this? Mm-hmm. That's Is this tough. something you really want to do? Right. Because the money that I'm in, I'm only going to what I see. It, the money that's going to be spent, because you only have the one-on-one trainings or maybe right. two people at max, or maybe a max of three lists that you can really do. You have to find a trainer or you have to find somebody who's willing to spend that individual time with your kid, but you're, it's going to cost. I just... It is going to cost. I feel like you get the real serious families now. Yeah, the problem with it costing is that it's going to disproportionately affect poor kids. Yeah. So, like, as far as AAU goes, is there, like, any disparity that you see? Like, how many teams, first and foremost, let's start there. How many teams do you coach, Kaya? I coach a total of four teams. Four? I have a ninth grade national team um, that runs in the summer. Um, I have a sixth grade um, local team that runs now in the fall. Um, I have a high school JV team that was supposed to start. We had tryouts last Thursday. Um, We had actually two official practices before we got shut down. And then I have a collection of a pre-K through third grade program that I run as well. Um, I do hands-on training and coaching with those little guys as well. Um, And then speaking of, you know, parents being able to afford it, that's where my training business, Next Level Elite Training, comes in. It's affordable training for inner city parents from mostly single parent homes who can't afford the big MBA, the companies that charge maybe 50 bucks an hour to train where I tell the parents, just give me what you can and if you can't, we'll just get the kids up and active because that's what it's about. Next Level Elite Training launched last summer. Um... And we specialize in basketball and track, specifically um, shot put and discus. Um, And just being out in the community, um, giving resources to parents, um, and getting kids up and active. Because a lot of times kids are just sitting at home playing video games, eating snacks, and not being active. Um, No, that's good. So there was a rumor around the the mill that Next Level Elite was closing due to COVID. Mm-hmm. But we're talking about it now, so maybe it's not closing. Are you saying that it's more of a back burner situation until we can fix this? Or or what are we saying about Next Level Elite right now? Next Level Elite training is on hold right now because of okay. COVID. Um, my sponsorships, Nike, Adidas, Under Armour, and Asics, um, we've decided to take a step back um, only because we can't service a lot of kids right now because right. of the stipulations and... Um, the restrictions of how many kids we can have and things like that. So I didn't want my sponsorship to expire, not being able to service the community. Right. right. Be wasted money. Right. Yeah. Trying to trying to just lobby out and, and hope for them to continue. But when right. you get the actual numbers, I think that's actual good, even for the kids. I think it, it's, it's one of the things where, as a manager, you make a decision and you got the workers that keep working. They're, they're, like, they're mad that they got to keep doing this, but you see a bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a good that's a good move. We're just talking about either being an eagle, flying like an eagle, hey, or swimming gotta, with the ducks. It's that vision, man. Quoted from vision. a wise man, you know? It's like, this is just some have. random wise man. No, it was really my dad used to tell me that story. <laughs> I like to drive from a little bedroom, hey. you know, poke his rib a little bit. It's, 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 a, it's a heck of a saying, man. It is, it is. And things like that, you know, you have different vision. 
Mm-hmm. Kaya, we see that. You, you, one, I personally don't know where you come up with all the time to do all of these things. When we're talking about, you're an educator. Uh, what school do you work at? Wyoming High School. Wyoming High School. So you're in high school, which is extremely busy. I've taught high school kids, and they're assholes. We Man. know this. They're I, not kids. They're little, they're little they're adults. Know we know what's goes. up. We've all been 16 before. You know, 14 mm. to 18 is a motherfucker. And yeah, it's just day. something. Excuse my French. <laughs> <laughs> today, today I'm gonna excuse that French. We're talking to an educator, uh, a coach, a well-traveled individual, uh, advocate, um, for advocate for justice. Man. You know, whereas when we were talking about Daniel Cameron, and probably later I might be dropping a couple f bombs, anyways, just because I brought hey, Daniel Cameron's Daniel, name up and I feel it. I can't believe I feel you it. The energy that. is bubbling inside of me right now, <laughs> y'all. Like as soon as I said it, oh man. Where is revolutionaries demanding justice? We need. <laughs> we need. Hey, shout out. Shout out to Bree back and IT Smith again. Thank y'all for coming through. Definitely, but yeah. So I mean, where do you find all the time to accomplish all of these? these things, like these tasks, these ventures? It's a struggle, but once you find things that you're passionate, it's easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it is, it's tiring, but to get the change, you have to be a part of the change. And so I make time, you know, lots of sleepless nights and lots of journaling um, is how I make it through. Yeah. Sleepless nights, journaling, right. planning. Mm-hmm. Gold mining. That's what I call it. It's like it's a it's a, it's a you know double edged sword. Mm-hmm. Gold mining and then gold mining. You know, gold mining. Mental, mental mining. Because I mean, if you don't plan it, bro, I don't right. care what you say. If you don't plan, you don't put it down. You don't talk about it. It's not going to happen. You'll see it in your dreams continuously. Exactly. Look, hey, just so y'all know, I'm going to physically sit here and quote Bobby today. Uh, he said, <laughs> "Gold, not gold. Gold, G O A L." Mining, like I'm going mining for my goals. Yeah. That's important. But it, in, that was in, dope, in Bobby. Essence, you know what? You get a check mark for me. I appreciate it because in essence, it was a double-edged sword. Gold yeah. mining, because you know. You gotta keep explaining it, Bobby. Don't, don't keep explaining it. Hey, now. I'm just <laughs> trying to kill me. Trying to kill me. Trying to kill me. You called me a Nazi yesterday, <laughs> and then today here you go explaining stuff. Now who has the control? <laughs> look, I'm, 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 I might be part Nazi too. I'm looking for control. Man, myself. look, My we bad. gotta cut this Nazi shit. Look, hey. we about to get no funding out here. <laughs> Um, we hate Nazis, by the way. Um, the reason I said it like that is because I felt like punching myself as soon as I said Nazi. When he called me a Nazi yesterday, it was a conversation we were having. And you know what? I sat back after I got off the phone and I was like, shit. I kind of sounded like Nazi right there. Let me take a step back. And I did. And I inflected. And I got to gold mining myself. I'm just and... part of my personal growth that I'm not just yes. sitting back and being the... Yes, it's yes. okay to just continue to be this way. Perfect. And it, it, from growing up, from being in you know a, a white culture, as far as the school that I went to, um, I Sounds like- I learned in an early essence that saying yes was a better situation due to you don't have to worry about confrontation. Mm-hmm. You can kind of just mosey along. But at the end of the day, that shit's gonna eat at you, bro. Is that and- a black thing though? Like if you're dealing with <sighs> multicultural areas, I'm gonna direct this at you, Kaya. You deal. Wyoming is a somewhat diverse yeah. population. Oh. But there's a lot of people in the schools, like a lot of white people 
in the school system. In the decision making in the, the decision making uh, for sure. Areas. So do you find yourself in certain situations being a black person just saying yes sometimes just to get everybody just to leave you alone? I can say twenty twenty I found my voice. Actually, uh, this year I've been questioning a lot of things. Um, actually, last Friday I went to my superintendent um, mm -hmm. to get on a board of um, ethical training. Okay. Um, and so to get things started on having uncomfortable situations and conversations with students and staff um, with things that I have going on with in my life right now, um, we talked and he approved to put me on the board to sit down with students when it comes to racial issues Um conflict with teachers because I serve a big population of black and brown students who feel like their voices aren't heard. Um, so with that um, comes a lot more work. Um, giving them the opportunity to voice their opinions alongside with me growing as an individual, as an activist, um, I think it's going to be a good, a good fit. Yeah. No, that sounds like a really good fit. Um, Everything that we've been through as far as advocating for justice all year long. We've been to the protests with you. We've seen you at the marches. We have pictures together. Uh, you know, fists in the air, proud. We definitely hear your voice. And I'm glad that you're able to get that voice out to more people, especially uh, younger people, because they need it. Uh, you, you have a powerful voice. I don't know how much you know about it yet, Right. But you're coming into it, and I appreciate it. Um, and it's going to be something marvelous to watch as it grows. And, you know, it's just one of those things where being approaching people and saying, you know, I want this is what we need as a people. Far too often I find where people like look like us just kind of go with the flow. Do They just go to work, and they just come home, and then they just roll a blunt. They get on the game. You know, or they, mm -hmm. they yeah. get behind the TV, get on the couch, whatever, and their day is done. They might wash the dishes and feed you the know, dog, you know what I'm saying, or you whatever. Know why, but you know why? Because they're burnt out of, like, like it's a whole nother, that, that mask you got to really put on. And I'm only saying, you know, as I'm making my change, too, I'm, I'm saying yeah. this because I felt that. It's a weight to walk out your door yeah. knowing knowing that you're about to sit there and be like, all right, I'm probably going to say yes to something I know I should stand up for. Yep. That's a that's a huge weight, and you're carrying that for your whole work hours, mm -hmm. eight hours. Now, whatever you was in front of, a, a smile on your face, could right. be customer service or whatever. And it's not that you don't have to play your role to play in society, but it's just an understanding that you don't have to always take that. Right. You don't always have to take that. I'm known for not taking shit. Man. And <laughs> sometimes it is, as you said earlier, a double-edged sword. Yeah. You know, people come into my space and they're rude. And I reflect that energy because I don't want to consume any of that energy. And then it's always my problem. And it's like, no, you brought this to the table. Now we can talk. We can continue talking. Are you sure you from here? But now that you realize that this is man. that brick wall that you just saw, we can now we can start. Yeah. Oh yeah. Usually it's cool after that, but you know sometimes it's not, and especially with with higher ups, we always have higher ups to deal with, and it's bullshit. So you owning all of these things is powerful. We need more of that. We need people that are making decisions that look like us helping the little people that look like mm -hmm. us. Mm -hmm. And we definitely applaud you for that um, and everything else that comes with it. And like as far as 
we were talking about, you know, you being an educator. How long have you been in the school system? I've been in the school system since 2012. Okay. Um, it started off with me doing moot programs after school, um, and then it rolled into um, a school health aide. I was school health aide for four years in the Grambus public school system. Um, and then I found that wasn't my passion. Um, my passion was reaching children and actually having direct um, relationships with them uh, mm -hmm. when they struggle. And so when I went to Wyoming, I started off as, um, I was a coach there first, seventh grade girls basketball, and then I became a media para. And I dealt with technology as well. Um, and then this year with COVID, they really didn't have a role for me. And so now I'm finding myself as a dean role, reaching out to students who need that extra push. Um, I have a caseload of students who look for me every day, you know, when I travel with my activism. Like, these students are emailing me, like, where are you? Like, you know, and they, you know, just getting those kids to find their inner spark to make them better. Um, and so that's where we are. That's nice to hear. And I even, you know, continue to hear the, the coach, coaching and education to kind of go to the same thing. Because mm -hmm. whether or not you've been on a campus where you're coaching football, you're coaching basketball, whatever, you use all your experiences and you bring them into that kid. Hopefully you can change them from being lazy or change them from, you know, missing out. My biggest thing I wanted to ask was like, what does success feel like when you're talking to a kid that has so many issues it feels like it's it's so many brick walls that they put up and you're you're trying to not break down their walls but trying to get them to trust you what does success look like from a from a perspective of a coach looking at a kid that you know is going through a lot i would say um them showing up every day um some some of my kids they just don't want to get out of bed it's simple things of me buying them an alarm clock just to get them there it's me saying hey i'll you come to school four days this week i'll get you tropical smoothie um, and just things like that. And a lot of times it's just listening to them as educators. Oftentimes we're so hard on them and like trying to give them work and what to do by the books that we don't take time to get to know them, ask them how their days are, how their day is going. Um, and just being a listening ear not being so quick to jump down their throats on what they're doing wrong, just offering them support and letting them know that we're there for them. Um, my office doors are always open. Um, I have students who leave their personal classes just to come do their other work in my class because it's a safe place. I let all students know, like, at any given time, if you just can't handle your daily situation or, you know, you just need to vent or talk or you have nobody else to go to. And it's easier because a lot of my students look like me and they can't relate to someone who doesn't. Uh, oftentimes in the world of education, we have Caucasians or other people individuals that don't look like them and they may say something to our students and they receive it differently where I can be raw and real and they accept it and they appreciate it because I'm very open and honest with them um, and so that's where I find my success in the in a school system is being someone who looks like them who listens to them and also also offers like resources for them to be successful that's good I you know it's a thing I was talking to somebody the other day and we were talking about discipline and how that goes in hand with love mm -hmm. kids to me respond well to discipline because if if you can even though i'm gonna give you the story straight i'm not i might not be an asshole about it i'm not gonna be you know whoop your ass about it but i'm gonna explain it to you i was just a, about to ask I, what type of discipline bobby bro, I, i'm sorry i already retracted being, my stuff today bobby don't get started being yet. stern 
on a consistent okay. basis, but just not allowing that extra weight to, you know, you got to be consistent first and foremost. Yes. And, and so when you're disciplined and you meet discipline with love, though, because you get the chance to understand the kid or you understand, okay, well, I gave you this chance last week, you know, give them a responsibility. I gave you this chance last week and this is what you did with it. Mm-hmm. So this one, we, this week, we're going to change it to this way so we can get back to how it was. You know, if, once you see like a, a corrected change, I feel like discipline over time, kids get into a routine and, and, and they understand what's being asked of them now based off their responsibilities that, that they're given. So I just I appreciate the time that you take with these kids because they, if you're not getting at home because now we got essential workers working through COVID, they might be dropping them off at auntie house, grandma house. Like, where is this found? Where are these foundations going to be met with these kids? Right. So I appreciate what you do out there in the community. A lot of it is very, like, just piggybacking off of Bobby, totally um, centered around just being poor in general. A lot of poor households, let's just be cut and dry. You said, you know, keep it raw and real mm-hmm. because yeah. you look like them. That's, that's real. As someone who came up as an educator myself um, and as a coach myself, like, it was very similar. A lot of the young men or young boys that were growing into young men, they would look up to me because they didn't have a dad at home. You know, and it was, at first I was like, man, look, you know, like this, I'm here, I'm trying to coach you, I'm trying to guide you and teach you, and then they would, we get to know each other, and then it's like, damn, I'm like their big brother or their uncle or something at the, mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Man. And they need that. And I started seeing how much they needed that because they didn't have it. The one brother they had got kicked out the house for selling dope. You know, right. or, you know, or the other brother they had was dead or in prison or something like that. And mm-hmm. to be a little more serious about it, but it's real. Like, that's that's the reality for a lot of kids. Um, and we are lucky to have people that now are starting to look like us. I had this thing come up on my Facebook the other day where it was like, when's the first time you ever had your first, or when did you have your first black teacher? Well, I ain't never had one. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't fair, Bobby. Oh, you went to East. Okay. You went to East. And, motherfucker? Look, when I, when I was growing up in Flint, So what you're saying is none of us is even wanting to go back and teach back in, in, in one of these well, higher Well, it's, it's different schools. because I went to Union. And even at Union, like, we had black teachers, but the AP classes didn't have black teachers. And that was a problem for me because I was in AP. So everybody thought I was a white. So you boy. went to East Grand Rapids Union. I'm like, Union. you can't hate on me because I'm. <laughs> you smart. went to East Grand Rapids Union. Nigga. Fuck you, fuck you, Bobby. Now that one, I'm not taking back. How many back. shades of nigga you want to be today? You want to be 38 All niggas today? All of them. Today? I'm 50. You know, about 47 I'm 50 niggas today. Nigga. <laughs> hey, Bobby, we doing this shit here, man. Yeah. What does the word nigga mean? I seem to play both sides in my dream. The scene begins when my cousin screams. My nigga, what does the word nigga mean? I seem to play both sides in my dream. The scene begins when my cousin screams. My nigga. My nigga. But no, like when I was growing up in Flint, though, we had, it was 80% black in the schools. I had my first black teacher when I was in like the third grade. And I had a black history teacher because we had black history. Not to cut you off, I had a substitute teacher one time and he was black. That's fair. One time. We'll let you slide, that Bobby. In, that was in middle school. Don't you ever say nigga around me again. <laughs> <laughs> you know your father was once a nigga. I'm talking about the original nigga. <laughs> oh, man. But no, Shut like, but for real, though, like, growing up in different areas affects you. And West Michigan has been known for being white in power-structured places. In places of power, it's a lot of white people 
and they ain't giving it up at all. Easily. They gatekeepers is locked and loaded. They are. They are. So we're kicking the fucking door down, you know. Dude. And as ultimately, like figuratively, Frank. This is my FBI agent, y'all. You know, he, he follows me in my phone and stuff. So, you know, sometimes I turn the music up when I'm talking. Hey. You ever hear me just wildly yell out Frank? <laughs> hey, Frank, we, hear we heard that button tap. Just no, look. I saw the red light turn on. Hey. You know, but uh, but that's that's what we're doing. We're, we're kicking doors down now. And I love watching it. Everybody around me, I've surrounded myself with people that are saying, fuck the system. I am kicking it down. I'm figuratively, Frank, burning it, you know, <laughs> to the ground. And you know, we're and we're we're building something new. We're building something stronger. We're building something better and more focused around us. And not just black people, but just like people in general. Not the gold standard, which is the white man. Mm -hmm. yeah. So and everybody else looks different. You know, we just sat and watched uh, Rihanna's Fenty show the other night. And I was like, damn, everybody looks like a real person. I didn't had a beer with or something back at Pyramid Scheme or wherever. You know what I'm saying? Like sitting at a bar randomly. Shout out to Tammy, first off, because Pyramid Scheme was the first bar that fell out of my mouth. I miss going to the Pyramid Scheme. Those shows there were always dope. Yeah. Uh, Tammy, that's a, that's you're a dope. nice venue. It's right. Amazing. Yes, yes. So, but yeah, you know, and, and we love to see that. And we have things going on now. You're growing still. Um, hopefully you can get the uh, the next level elite back up and running after this COVID. Hopefully these three weeks will do the trick. Probably not. But <laughs> after the holidays, we'll, <laughs> yes. we'll be looking. So any help you need from us, please let us know. Uh, shout out next level elite. Um Kaya T, Kaya Taylor, you know, we, we, we just gonna up, keep it going. Get to her. Right. So, you know, as we dive in, not, you know, taking a bridge away from Next Level Elite and the community things that you've already been doing, as an advocate for justice, now we're getting into that, you know, your feet on the pavement, your toes digging in. What's success or what is your hopes looking like to, to, to come about? your advocacy that you're doing? What are, what are you looking to really change? What are you looking to really move? Um, and how are you looking to do it? It's a loaded gun there, buddy. That to. is. <laughs> I'll come what back. What does success I'll, look like? Uh, what, what, what Who, what, the, when, look? where, why? We need all of it. And sometimes how. Man. <laughs> when if you need help, just shout out. No, look. Um, it would be... Elevating our people, um, letting our voices be heard. We've been pushed aside and buried for so many years. Um, it's our time, and the black children and women. It's it's our, it's it's on us now. Um, the men have done their their duties. It's time for them to sit back and uplift us and make sure we're good. I mean, we are leading the revolution right now. Um, sure and so my hopes is to bring change and to bring equality. Um, to the nation. Um, I've traveled a lot with my um, activism to Washington, to New York, to Lansing, to Louisville, Kentucky, um, Detroit, um, Chicago. I've been all over and it's just being a part out there and projecting my voice, letting it be heard, to let them know that we, we're tired. Um, we've had enough. Yeah, certainly tired. 
certainly had enough oh, of the bullshit. Um, it's been going on. I love how you mentioned that the children and the women in general are, it's time. It's always been the young people and the women. And the fact that you still have to sit here and say it's time is the problem. Mm-hmm. We haven't been pushing our women up enough. We haven't been holding the kids accountable enough and, and helping them by giving them the foundation that they need. As a black man, personally, I'm like, damn. I look at some of the other men around me, and I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Life ain't about you. All you do is provide the seed, my guy. Like, you know, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. So I, man, like, we're here. Um, and that's that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, hashtag hit the block. We are all about promoting stories. Your story, your advocacy, you have been all over the country, as you said. Washington, D.C. was a trip. Oh, my God. That was, man, whew, man Ooh, top of the mountain. That hey. stuff looked good, and I'm sure you was charged up. Yes. I could barely get a word from you that day. Dog. That right. was that ego vision, bro. Yes, it was. Ooh. It was. And, you know, we, you were there with, with Breonna Taylor's family. You are Breonna Taylor's family. Um, we knew this was coming. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we, we knew it. Uh, ABC has the 2020 uh, special coming out tomorrow. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that? It's definitely going to be emotional. Mm-hmm. Anytime I see a story or read an article, it just it takes you back to March 13th. Mm-hmm. Um, the phone calls. I was actually at work when I got the phone call, and it was just like, yeah, hmm, you know, like, they'll call back, you know. Um, I'm really nervous about the story on Friday, honestly. I'm not sure if I really want to watch it. Yeah. Only because I've seen the clips already of the ones of the body cams that were put out and she's laying on the ground, blurred out. It's, it's just a, the band-aid keeps getting ripped off again and it's it's painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It is, it's unfortunate um, that it has to happen like that. That's just the way that the media works. The news has to dig and dig and dig and dig and it eventually, it pops. And I think that tomorrow is going to be a catalyst moment um, personally from my perspective. I think that it's going to to help shed the extra light necessary on the officers and them just making a lot of mistakes throughout the entire process. The fact that they were told that this is probably irresponsible for you to do multiple raids in one night and they proceeded to do it anyways. And not just them, they got other officers that had no knowledge of what the hell was going on. Yeah, they just, they just grabbed right. people. Hey, come be, come be a part of this raid. Brett Hankinson said it himself. I, I wasn't even a part of the main, team. you know, team. Like, they just grabbed me for extra help. And then I went in there and then why'd you fire six shots? You know what I'm saying? Like, Man. like, yes. like no, 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 no. Excuse me. It was that Hankinson. Hankinson Excuse me, shot. that was Hankinson that said that, and he fired 10, ten times. Shots. So that's even worse. Like, Thank you for on, helping man. validate I, I my point. Sure you know, I appreciate you, Bobby. No digging. I appreciate man. you, man. Like, But that's those are the things that, you know, happen to us, and we're always getting reacted to instead of protected first. There's no, like, protection or precautionary measures for black people. It's always, damn, they died. Now what should we do about it? But we gotta, in, ho- in hopes, we gotta <laughs> right. prove it enough to make that change happen. Man, because I'd be damned if it wasn't no body cams. Because I was about to say it was. It's we use it March thirteenth, 
What's the date today? Today is the 8th, 19th of November. Today is the 19th, obviously, so everybody knows we pre-record around here. Uh, <laughs> we do a day of edit. It's totally fine. Oh, shocker. Damn. <laughs> they got do us. Y'all don't do it live? <laughs> right. They got us. Don't worry. The live is coming soon. Y'all going to start getting a little bit of that live action when you want to pay for Just make it. Make sure y'all keep clicking. Right. Appreciate it. On the road with a pot of gold, these niggas know that talk is cheap. Selling souls with blindfolds, I'm breaking chains, had to cut the leash. On the road, we so control, and this hell hole is chaos. These billionaires, we strip them bare, need to throw them off, but they yachts. But yeah, so I mean, we're, we're talking, what is that, eight months? Eight months as of last Friday. Right, eight months Ooh, that was of a digging. So, I mean, wow. like, we're sitting here talking on, on month eight, and they're finally coming out with with this supposedly end-all, be-all. Something like ABC. They're not going to drop a documentary or something like that unless it's, like... Pretty uh, close to the end. You know? You got to remember the open and facts. They're not going to just try and leave out. Exactly. My issue is this shit ain't done. At all. Or even close. So, like, we're still... we're At every chance that I get, we're saying her name. You know, Breeway, all of the, everything that we have. Every time I look at Kaya Facebook is Breeway. Hey. You know, we got the card pipped out. Like, you didn't, <laughs> you didn't done it up. Like, you went to get the detail. Who detailed your car? Uh, Fast Signs. Okay. Um, got me that decal on the back. Okay. Okay. Shout out oh, to Fast, Fast Signs. Fast. Yeah. So, with, with all of that, commotion going on I'm sure and commotion is the wrong word but I don't have a better word right now so excuse me mm -hmm. um, for sounding insensitive but it's it just is like I'm sure every day it's just like cloudy as all hell like damn I gotta hear this again I gotta talk about this again I gotta you know do this again how do you find the strength to keep talking about it I just have a mindset of being like Brianna um, a sweet soul um, keep pushing hard working um, some days, some days are harder than others. I mean, I get my inboxes bombarded with stories and people asking, well, is this true? Is this true? Is this true? Um, and I try to not to respond to those because it is hard because, you know, you know, we know the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think looking at my, my family and the young children we have, um, it's staying strong for them because I have so many young people that I'm around and I influence and just making sure that they know the truth, the stories, and how to move forward. Yes. So, um, you know, again, to sidebar it, but not to sound insensitive, I was listening to the officer Mattingly, and he had an interview, and he is actually countersuing to his... Uh, family and all the despair that their family's been going through and all the, the hateful mail and the threats that, you know, I don't think his family deserved the threats, but him, he himself, you deserve every one of them that you're getting. But anyway, he has a quote, and it was asked by Michael Strahan about who do you feel is responsible? And my man, as a quote, said, the officer, Mattingly, not my guy at all, excuse my French, he said, I think there's a few people responsible for her death, including Kenneth Walker. And I don't mean to hit you with a, such a emotional thing, but that bothered the hell out of me. And just being so close to Brianna and, and her family, I just wanted to hear, how would you feel about somebody 
in that situation to say that quote? I think he's a complete asshole. He's um, deflecting. Um, his poor decisions that they made that night, um, Kenneth Walker did his best and his duty as a man to protect his home. Um, it's late at night. If someone comes to my door um, and bang and kick it in, I'm reaching for my Glock. And I'll be totally hey, honest. Hey, we, we just heard it. Even educators get down, y'all. <laughs> look. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm not going to look and see who it is. I mean, you're yeah. in plain clothes. Uh, it's dark. You didn't announce mm -hmm. yourself. Mm -hmm. I'm shooting. Right. And I guarantee I'm going to hit. Right. And so I think that's just a way of him deflecting his poor choices on that evening. Yeah. And to even make it clear, Kenneth Walker, the boyfriend of, of Breonna Taylor, um, what made it interesting to me is watching Kenneth Walker's interview. He, I, I'm going to say how much real time went by. So let's just say after the shots have fired, it's maybe two to three minutes of real time that has transpired. He's on the phone with with his mom. He's on the phone. He then gets on the phone with 911. Right. He still does not know that the police was at his door. Play the clip, bro. Play the clip. 45 minutes, that's an hour. Y'all left. It does take a long time to get yeah. arrested. Y'all left. <laughs> they, they don't just pull you out the car. Y'all left pull with my man house. in the back seat. Yeah. Y'all was assholes to him. Y'all left the scene, get down the hill, and then you get pulled over by unmarked. Right. Clearly somebody that has more authority than you. Somebody yes. fucked up. So, yeah, no, really, though, and that's what this is about. Um, and this leads directly all the way up the chain. The further up the chain you get, the more fuck ups you see, Daniel Cameron, like yeah, the, the 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 king of. Because um, when you're not in the room of the original call, Daniel Cameron, you just got the call to make this look good. Right. But you, if you would have been in the room when you saw the facts, like when it first started, he would have known he couldn't uncover those, or he would have right. known he couldn't cover that up. His issue was, I think Daniel Cameron um, intentionally tried to sweep things under the rug. Um, and hurry up fast and in a hurry. I don't know why, and I won't state why I think, because this is not a conspiracy podcast. At all. Um, but we have talked about Daniel Cameron before, and my feelings are still the same. I think Daniel Cameron is an Uncle Tom, um, and I think that he is just there to be a figurehead 
to be, hey, we have somebody black too. Man. Um, and it's the state of Kentucky sounds like an expediting state, <sighs> Mr. Mitch McConnell. Man, don't get me started on Mitch. Just man. saying. It's, we ain't supposed to make this one political. I'm don't sorry. get me started on the, Mitch. If it, if it sounds like a duck, it quack like a motherfucking duck. Right. It's probably a duck or a turkey in Mitch McConnell's <laughs> you know, case. Hey, they say you can't have Thanksgiving this year, so uh, we're going to have a funeral for my pet thing, for my pet turkey. <laughs> Look, I just want Mitch McConnell neck to have a funeral. Let me stop. Nice. Let me stop because I'm starting. Man. I'm starting. Frank, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But look, uh, Daniel Cameron, though, you know, um, the, the guy is a clown. I am glad that the all of the grand jury people, especially the first person that was strong enough to come out and with the lawsuit, they just bust the floodgates wide open. My issue, again, with that, though, is that I haven't seen much since. Man, I heard the one little stand-up, and that was about it. Right. And they kind of have been sweeping that news under the rug. Have you, Kaya, have you been keeping up with any of that? Um, I did see an article two days ago that a third juror stepped forward. Okay. Um, so they're on the three now, okay. They're on I knew three. about the second. But it's dying down. Yeah. Um, I think they want us to be quiet. They want it to um, just be over with. Um, yeah. I explained to someone the other day, like, a lot of people, they get hype over, oh, Beyonce tweeted... Brianna's name or this LeBron rapper. James said yeah. it at the finals, you know. Cool. But at the end of the day, they go on about their daily lives and right. they can say it once and then they can just be done. They have the followings. But mm-hmm. it's like we need to keep her name alive because it's not over. Justice has not been served and right. it's gonna it's gonna be served soon, hopefully. But as black people and people around the nation, not just black people, we have to keep her name trending. Have to. Um, we have to. Yeah. Because Daniel Cameron probably, he's probably sitting at home like, oh, they're forgetting about it, but no, the hell or not. He's been waiting for us to forget about it. Oh, His yeah. butt been hot for eight months. <laughs> he's gonna, he gonna be on a continuous hot <laughs> He just got a couple calls like, hey, man, what happened? And now look and at the situation he's in now. Right. Now you, you, he know he was caught in the middle, and now yeah. you worse because you can't pick he our He tried side. to pass you the can't, to you the can't FBI. You can't rewrite it. The only way you're going to rewrite it, you're still going to be, you know, you, you're going to have to go against all of who funds you, buddy. Right. Yeah, he's a huge sellout. Huge sellout, you know? And, and it, all you gotta do is just live by the people. Right. Beyond a sellout, like, he's just just not a good human. Everything we teach leaders to be, he's not a leader. Like, he's passing the buck on the FBI. He's passing the buck on the grand jury. He's never accepted accountability for any yeah. part of this at all. And a leader's supposed to be able to accept accountability and help heal afterwards. And then come out with another plan that's going to drive you to the goal. And my issue with that is, how the fuck do we keep electing people that suck? Mm -hmm. How do these people stay in office? Mitch McConnell has over 400 documents sitting on his desk right now. (laughs) And we're talking about, you know, like, this is why this shit don't get voted on in the Senate. Because Mitch McConnell is the gatekeeper. Money talks. Money talks. But, unfortunately, bullshit apparently walks, too. Like, money money talks, bullshit walks. Bullshit walks when you got money. Quote that. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's but in this it. situation, we talking about Mitch McConnell, who didn't go to the he wasn't even a, a thousand there, and now you right. thirty six point five million right. worth. Man, look after that's, six that's, years, that's six the, terms. Like, come on, man. That's the problem that we have. So when you have greedy people up there, they stay that, up there. The dichotomy is you have greedy people up there doing dirt, 
and then people, regular people that are trying to lead the actual communities like us, like Kaya, like everybody else, you know, that has been involved with anything that we've seen in Grand Rapids, in abroad, or wherever, you know, outside the city, we see you, we're coming for you, Man. we want to get your voice heard, hashtag hit the block, hit us up, One let's time. get to it. Hashtag hit the block. But yes, back to my point though, is that... You know, when you have that dichotomy happening where you have the super rich that don't give a shit and then you have everybody else underneath, people die and we have to shoulder the burden every day. We have to pick things up and fight. We're weak now because we've been fighting for eight months, but you got to keep going. Kaya said, sometimes it's sleepless nights. And, you know, me, I like my sleep. So that's a problem for me, y'all. Rich motherfuckers better get it together before we oh. start getting these teeth out. Look, I'm, I'm not hey, playing. I need that beauty uh, sleep, dog. I'm a cat, bro. And yes, I caught man, it beauty sleep. If I catch a bag under my eye, I'm fighting. Bro. Because it looked like I was fighting anyway. I'm going to do hood rat shit with my friends. Y'all leave me alone. Man. Kaya, I must ask, as a foundational person, I know you like to look out in the sea, what's coming? Five to ten years. Let's not even go there. I'm gonna go to two to five years because mm -hmm. I didn't. If I would have went six months before COVID, I would have never said COVID about to sh sh tear this whole world up and we want to slow the hell down. So I'm gonna bring. It I would have. <laughs> I was on ready for so. Said I was on ready. So shout out to Reddit, y'all. Headed back there, you know. But one to three years from now, it's next summer or. You know, it's, it's a year or two summers from now. Where, where do you see, I would just say deeply rooted. Where, where do you see yourself? So I am deeply rooted. Um, hopefully we, we're nationally, nationally known. Um, I am deeply rooted started um, because I was active in the community, um, serving after school programs, adopting schools for Christmas. Um, I serviced a, one school last year. A total of 65 students I gave a Christmas to. Um, I adopted families for a back-to-school um, rally, um, giving backpacks, totes of clothes, shoes, and things like that. Um, and my training business is what funded that. Um, so it was all for profit. And so all the community outreach I did and like my training that I did in the inner city and my repping funded my community outreach. And so once, after March 13th, the passing of my niece, Brianna, um, I decided it was time for me to roll something differently. Um, being in a school system, East Grand Rapids, where I felt like I didn't know my roots. Um, I was lost in the shuffle. I can second that. I was lost in the shuffle, and when March 13th hit, it was time for me to dig deeper and find out who I, who I am and find my true identity and to go with it. Um, and so, launching I Am Deeply Rooted gave me an outlet to be able to be the voice of the voiceless um, and be there to uplift my community along with uh, offering resources and then um, social, ju social justice and justice as well. Um, and so, when I launched I Am Deeply Rooted, it was more of um, letting people know like our roots is what grounds us. Um, our black roots empower us. Our black roots tell the story of our ancestors. From our black roots, we will grow into a nation free of racism, oppression, hate, and discrimination. Um, and so with I Am Deeply Rooted, I did do a tree planting ceremony um, a few weeks ago. And I had the youth come and plant this tree. 
Um, and this tree is a unity tree because if you guys all know, there's been 29 shooting deaths on the southeast side of Grand Rapids. Um, and counting. And counting. It's it's insane. And so the youth came out, had over maybe 40 youth out in the at Martin Luther King Park, and they planted a tree. And I wanted this tree to symbolize when they drive by this park for years to come with their kids and grandkids, they have a story to tell. Like, they're deeply rooted from where they come from. It doesn't matter if you're in the suburbs, if you're, like, where you're from, but we're all one. Um, and eventually, with I Am Deeply Rooted, um, we're doing a blanket and co coat drive right now for the homeless. Um, mm -hmm. I want people to know that we're here. Um, and so for Christmas, we're going to do Adopt a Shelter in a Block. And so with that comes, you know, beating the oppression, um, offering resources. I did just hook up with um, the Hilton, um, and they're going to be my partner. Um, so when they get shipments and of blankets and stuff, they're going to donate to I Am Deeply Rooted. So we get those thicker blankets out to the homeless. Um, and I have some more things in the works that's not really set yeah, in stone. You can't, you can't give everything up. I get but, it. I get it. Um, yes. And so I Am Deeply Rooted is, it took off fast. Um, I of see. Course, the, these two brothers right here has been a huge support in my success. Um, and it's only up from here. Yeah. That's the way it looks like. It's only up from here. I am deeply rooted. Once again, I am deeply rooted, incorporated. Uh, Kaya Taylor out here doing the thing, being an amazing educator, being a full force when it comes to coaching and mentorship in the community, um, and just advocating for for us, advocating for peace, advocating for justice. Sometimes when you have to advocate for peace, you can't be so peaceful about Acquiring peace. Peace is the after effect of yeah. the fight. Totally understand that. And we're here to fight with you. The Block yeah. Podcast, It Was Written, Media Group, everything that we have at our disposal. Mobile Labs. Mobile Lab, yes. Everything that we have at our disposal. If you need it, let us know. Um, are we allowed to shout you out for your personal private donation of water bottles for our uh, drive to the polls event that we did on election day? Because little did everybody know, Kaya donates too. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. What for? don't you do? Right. <laughs> I'm going to start calling her the umbrella policy. Oh, she, don't, she don't sleep. She oh, already said that. That's yeah. what she don't do. She don't sleep. She donates so, too. We actually we, we thank you for that too. That mm -hmm. was just, I mean... You never know what traffic would have got hit that day, you know what I mean, as far as the, the amount of people that would have needed it. But as far as water, they would have never needed water because we had bundles of them. Had bundles. It. We had that water. Was, man, I'm talking yeah, about that we was, had. It was, it was <laughs> good. It was good. We totally appreciate it. Um, and we, we appreciate everything that you're doing. Like, and just once again, we do, we're running up at the end of, of time here. Um, and we've been, we've been going at it. We love you. We love to have you on the show again. Uh, once again, this is the Block Podcast. Hit the block. Hashtag hit the block. Hashtag hit the block. T H A. Don't forget it. Right. We have Kaya Taylor with us. Say bye, Kaya. Bye. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I check out. I am deeply rooted. Incorporated. Uh, please check that out. Check out Next Level Elite Training when it comes back after COVID. Um, and, and, you know, in order for that to come back, 
wear your damn mask because y'all cutting into Kaya money, which is stopping her from donating everything she could to us. Okay, like let's, let's don't stop be, that open let's door. Let's be Come real. Look. Yeah. Wear your mask. Lottie's right. told me the last three weeks that right. she's been saying. But we hope that this school will guide y'all through the holidays. Uh, we needed a nice, wholesome event, and Kaya brought it to us. And we truly appreciate you once again for stopping by the block. And this is Kenneth Cortez. Bobby Dose. We appreciate you, Kaya, for stopping by. Thanks for having me. All right, y'all. We signing off. Peace.